All right. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to What's Your Number? The chronicles of two well-traveled women as told through sexual experiences. I'm Olivia, and I'm in Barcelona. And I'm Mariah, recording from Austin, Texas. And this is the podcast where we try and answer the question, what's your number? Today, we're talking about number six, Um, and since this is a bit of a longer episode, uh, we thought we'd just get right into it. Yeah, sounds good. So, Mariah, why don't you tell me about dick number six? Yeah, so like the first thing I have written down in my notes for um, number six is I'm actually going back to, you know, number five, um, back to that freshman year of college. <laughs> this will become a pattern. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> we go to, we go to, um, I mean, because I guess, I guess to clarify to our listeners, uh, because I have had some people ask me this question, what will you guys do when, you know, you have a relationship that lasts longer? Um, and I think, you know, number Olivia's number one and then you know my number five like it spans like other numbers too but you know yeah the relationship continues they keep coming out the back and forth Mm -hmm. the back and forth was there um yeah you know as it was for a lot of people in college I feel like there was a lot of back and forth in general so um, and up till now but the first line of my notes about number uh about this episode that I'm going to tell you guys today or this number I'm going to tell you guys today is taking it back to my freshman year and I I literally just wrote number 5 and I are very happy. Um we <laughs> get back from orientation and you know we just kind of like start our life together. Um we start our classes and um we have some good friends that we met during orientation and so we like you know, we're just hanging out, doing kind of typical college things, um, but, you know, uh, with a little different spin on it because it's kind of like a unique institution. Um, and, you know, we're going to thrift stores. We have like this party at our house where everyone, it's we call it the, you know, the thrift store prom party or something like that. And everybody wears a thrifted outfit. And um, yeah, we just have like a, a real good time. And um, it's amazing. Wait, wasn't it prom dresses? I just love that image. Didn't everyone have to come in prom dresses or was that like optional or something? Um, we called it a prom. Um, I, okay, okay, yeah, okay. I remember I had this like really old, cause like the thrift store is in Arizona. Um, so I was actually just in Tucson recently and we were talking to this tattoo artist and she was like, yeah, the thrift stores in Arizona are really good, which had been my memory about Arizona. Like it's known for really good, like just uh, a, a lot of inventory. Like it's not overly like picked over, mm-hmm. you know, like it would be in like LA or whatever. Um, right. So yeah. I remember I was wearing like this pink kind of, I think it was actually from the fifties, but it was like a pink um, kind of scoop neck dress that was like hot pink scoop neck. I think it had like a floral print and then it like floofed out. Like it had like a, I don't know, like a skater girl skirt that like kind of floofed out. Right. And then <laughs> Avril Lavigne. Yeah. And then <laughs> meets which, Betty from it was, Mad Men. It was actually kind of a cool dress. Like I'm not a pink lover, but like for me to wear it, it must've been a cool shade of pink. Um, and <laughs> I also had these cowboy boots that I thrifted and I, that was my outfit for the prom. Oh yeah. And um, my friend like spiked my hair in a mohawk. 
amazing. Yeah. Yeah. As you so do. you guys are wilding out. Yeah. yeah. You're just having, you're having the It's not like a boring prom, like traditional thing. I think it was just like um, a dress party. Things are, things are kind of getting a little nuts in our house. Um, you know, as it turns out, six random people living a house together is kind of a lot. Um, we have our, you know, there's a, a, a lot of character, I will say, within all of six of us. Um, especially there's a few of us who, um, are, I would say most of us are, um, freshmen where we're like 18 years old. Um, and then, you know, number five and this other girl who was our roommate, um, they're just a little bit older, um, like 19 and 20 or something. But, you know, for the, for most of us, this is our first time living alone. And yeah, some people are like, you know, really awesome people, super eccentric and interesting, but a little bit hard to live with. Like, I'm just going to be honest, you know, one of the guys like, yeah, he goes, he goes through this phase where he cooks fish, like an only fish and he just eats that like every day. And so he'll, he'll like cook the fish and then he'll just leave the pan out. And it's like, dude, we have like, I will too. We have like two pans, you know? And like, I, we just like always be coming home to like this, you know, sink full of dishes. And it was just, that was super annoying. And then also, you know, things are really escalating in the living room because as I said, you can get stuff so cheaply at uh, thrift stores that we just start accruing just, so much stuff. It's crazy. Like, um, you know, our house just kind of becomes full of like these little knickknacks and someone starts painting a mural in the living room. And, um, yeah, things are just like kind of getting out of control. Oh, uh, another roommate gets a, a little cat, like an adorable, tiny little cat, but like does not train at all. He starts giving it human food. So basically this little cat will like run around like a little feral cat and steal food off people's plates. And it's just, yeah. it's just like, slowly slowly getting more and more ridiculous and number yeah, five <laughs> number five and I are like we're both kind of like I, eh, I think we should maybe look at moving in to a different place um because it just was yeah it was just a lot so um number five moves in with some other really good friends of ours um who are sort of like our best friends um and yeah when I say ours I really do truly mean ours because I had like my own group of friends but I definitely mostly hang out with like number five and our communal friends, like we're all kind of like a crew. Um, right. And, you know, uh, I think that's like a, a fun thing, but you know, it's probably also not the healthiest thing for me to just suddenly be living with this person and hanging out with them. And I think not really knowing how to like ask for space or like not really having like the skills or self-awareness to sort of recognize that we need space. So. Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy just to think that you didn't, really date before moving in together or you moved in together before you started dating or I mean it was basically simultaneous but I mean it, it happens people date their roommates yeah but it's it all ideal. happens super fast yeah and also you've never lived alone you know it's also your first ever roommate <laughs> you know exactly exactly it's it's kind of a lot and um actually so like my current boyfriend and I did something kind of similar but we like are adults and we are, I think coming into this relationship with like a lot more communication skills and like self-awareness and like, you know, self-regulation or self-regulation capabilities. Um, yeah. And, and it's the pandemic. Yeah. And, and like, it's the pandemic. crazy shit. Yeah. Happens. <laughs> but like even so we've still had to like have a lot of like conversations and, you know, it takes a lot of work and a lot of like energy. And I think at that time, you know, number five and I are just like, 
interpreter. Like we didn't really know what we were doing. So um, it was right. definitely his first relationship. Um, it wasn't my first relationship, but I think that it was like my first like adult love. You know, it was my first real love, um, if you will. Sorry, number one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you were kids. It was yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I move in with a friend and then, you know, pretty quickly after, oh, sorry. I forgot the part where we all, all of our friends like get piercings together. Um, I just, it's just like a funny mental image. Like I pierced my eyebrow. Number five pierced his lip. <laughs> he pierced it like almost like right where like nickel, I don't know. It reminds me of like a nickel back piercing, but like right below the center, you know? Uh-huh, and yeah, then our yeah. other friend pierced, I want to say he pierced his ear or something, but like everyone got piercings and it was just kind of a hilarious moment. So like we were having a ton of fun together. Um, I move in with a girlfriend, uh, from my orientation group and number five moves in with our really good friends. And, uh, the next semester, which is after Christmas, he proceeds to, uh, be gone for a lot of the semester because, um, he's taking some classes that involve traveling. And, uh, so I am spending a little bit more time on my own and I end up hanging a lot out a lot with our mutual friends. And I'm kind of missing like the camaraderie though, with number five being gone of that I had that first semester, even in our chaotic house, because, um, the friend who I'm living with, you know, her house is just a a little bit quieter. She's a little bit older and it just, it doesn't quite feel like college. And, um, I am in, I think it's like really good for me to have some time away from number five to kind of figure out like what I want. And I think like with him gone, I'm starting to feel like I don't know. Like I kind of want more of a traditional college experience. And too. so um, when the semester ends, uh, number five drives me up to Montana to like meet my family and like, you know, see where I grew up and stuff like that. And we go hang out with uh, my brothers in Missoula. And when we arrive, I think it's like mid-May or something and school is just ending there. And oh my gosh, it is gorgeous. You know, like mm-hmm. the first little ray of sunshine is is hitting the town after, you know, nine to 10 months of complete darkness. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, people are just out and about in full force. Uh, you know, Missoula is a really pretty yeah. town and it has moments where it just like really gets you, you know, um, the trees are like, you know, looking lush and green and um, I mean, people the are tulips are blooming. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. People are biking around in shorts and, you know, their, their white skin is, is like, <laughs> it's just out, you know, out in the world, just ready for a sunburn. Um, and, and people are straight up high on vitamin D because yes. this is such a classic story of people going to Missoula right at this time of year and going, oh, this is such a nice place. Maybe I wouldn't mind living here. And it's like, what you didn't see was that it's been, the lights have been off for nine months. Yeah. Expectation (laughs) versus reality is is a very real thing, I think. Um, You have to, you have to be down with a little darkness if you're going to move there, which honestly I think was like one of the hardest parts for me when I actually, when I actually did move there was, um, you know, kind of as an aside to the story, just, I'm like, I've, one thing I loved about living in Arizona, which is the sun. And it's not even like the coldness yeah. in Montana that gets me. It's just the darkness. It's just so dark. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so, but I fall in love with it. Um, number five really likes it. And um, I remember we kind of had, uh, number five was going to drive down to California. And then he was actually going to be on a trip for the entire summer um, for a class that he had signed up for. 
um, through our old school. And um, he, um, I remember we kind of sat down by the river and I think he was about to leave. And so we were, you know, spending some quality time as you do. And I was like, you know, I think I'm going to move here. I just, it feels like a really fun place. It feels a little bit more traditional college experience, which is I think what I need because I'm, you know, I'm like barely 19. And number five says, yeah, I really like it too. I think I'm going to move here as well. And I was like, okay, well, um, just so you know, I don't think you should move here if it's just for me. Um, so if you move here, just make sure that it's something that you want and not something that you're doing just to like maintain our relationship. And he like reassures me that, you know, it's not that he just really likes it and just lots of opportunities for him to do stuff that he wants to do as well. And I also say, okay, there's another condition of, you know, our relationship. If you move here, I would like to have an open relationship this summer because I just feel like I can't do long distance for like another three months because we've practically been doing long distance um, for the right. prior three months. So yeah, and your vagina is drying up. So exactly, exactly. I mean, I'm 19. You know, this is this is like the hottest I'm ever gonna be. Not true. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, <laughs> JK. No, I mean, I honestly feel like I'm like a bit of a late bloomer. To be honest, I I think I get hotter as like near 30, but. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you are really hot. But I mean, I think it's also <laughs> like a thing where people you think that when you're when you're young, you know, I mean, I still think that I still catch myself thinking that you're like, yeah, you, I mean, you just think time is running out. It's exactly. like you got to be fucking you got to be you've got to be out there. Yeah. And I didn't like bring that up to say like, oh, I'm hot now. But I think it's I think at the time I just felt like I was like, oh, I'm like. I don't I think it was because of the generation that raised us. They raised us to believe that like your heyday is between like 18 and 25 or something. But really like there is a lot of pressure. Yeah. Like, he, this is the best time of your life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like for our generation, that's really not true. Like your heyday is between like 25 and 35 is what I feel. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're still in the eve of our adolescence. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, little did I know that I would just continue to get more, you know, I would become more and more self-possessed and like understand myself better and, you know, just feel better. And yeah, like as a result, look, look better or like, you know, I would continue to be attractive. Basically, I would continue to have many opportunities to have sex with whoever <laughs> I wanted um, is the point. But, you know, at the time I was like, OK, well, here I am dating the love of my life. Um <laughs> Which is like, it's funny how we always used to use that expression, like the love of my life. He's of my love of my life. Yeah, here I am with the love of my life. And I just kind of feel like now's my chance to like explore because pretty soon, you know, we are gonna just ride off in the sunset together. And, you know, like I I just I wanna make sure that I am, you know, I, I think actually also wisely, I wanna make sure that I'm allowing space for like myself to like grow and explore. Um, and so mm -hmm. like, yeah, good job previous Mariah for actually like, like asking for that, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, he agrees to that. He doesn't seem like he has many problems with that. And, you know, the summer goes by and I am back actually at home in the town I grew up in, but you know, I'm having a good time. Like it's like a, it's like a bonus like semester of high school in a way. It's just like my, a lot of my totally. friends are back and, um, we're just having a, a real good time and I don't hook up with anybody. Um, and then a couple months in, like, I'm not even there that long. And then I moved to Missoula 
And number five uh, drives up from um, California to see me in one journey. Like he doesn't stop at all, which it's like, I don't even know how many hours. I think like over 20. And um, yeah, which I too think many, is, too many to not stop. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which I think is like so romantic and. <laughs> no, it, it kind of just highlights this. It kind of creates this dynamic or not creates, but it's just another like piece of this dynamic between number five and I where he just is like really validating to me in a lot of ways because he's he's constantly kind of um, doing stuff like that. And, and like I'm like, yeah, what would it like? Why would you drive like 20 hours? just to like see, you know, me. And I think we kind of laughed about this in our like previous recording. Um, Cause it was like, you know, definitely not for the like vanilla 18 slash 19 year old sex that we were having. Um, (laughs) But maybe it was. Um, I mean, when you are 18 slash 19, that shit is pretty amazing, but. It's true. It's true. There's something about the, um, I guess like, I've talked a lot about how no, how I see number five as like the perfect person. And I actually believe that he really sees me as the perfect person too. You know, he, mm-hmm. he really, we both just like are just like head over heels in love with each other. And, you know, little things like this are, it just, it, it very much um, perpetuates this narrative that I have in my head of a soulmate. It's so romantic comedy-esque, right? Yeah, it's no, like, totally. It's like, yeah, here's this guy who will just do anything for me. You know, he'll move across the country. Like, he'll blah, blah, blah. Right, he'll move across the country and he'll do it in one day. <laughs> in one fucking day, right? Because I'm worth it. Because, <laughs> you know, like, I just got that. What? Yeah, I, I got I got something <laughs> special here. Um, But no, I'm yeah. really excited that he's moving there. And But I'm also kind of like juggling this making my own friends and kind of having my own life with also having a boyfriend, which at times does feel a bit difficult. Um, I joined the debate team and I am um, suddenly gone pretty much every single weekend. Um, No, there was one way to handle it, huh? (laughs) Yeah, that was, yeah, exactly. Like, honestly, it's a really fun outlet for me. Like I did debate in high school. And so um, it's like kind of familiar for me. It's definitely like nerds. And it's something that like I'm into that isn't something that number five's into. Like, I feel like it's like something that he kind of can't access because I sort of looking back and I think I've, um, I think I've hinted about this a little bit, but I definitely have this feeling that he's better at me than certain things. Like whenever he's involved in something that we're doing, like be it like outdoor adventures or, you know, like camping or, you know, throwing a house party or something. I just kind of feel like he always sort of knows what to do. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like looking back at that's one reason why I enjoy like debate so much at this point in time, because it just kind of feels like it's like my own thing. And, um, also there's a cutie on the team. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I was just going to say, I actually didn't mention this in the last recording, but like, yeah, uh, I have like this flirtation with, um, this guy who's on the team and yeah, I, I I don't even know. I'm like, why, why did I like entertain this? Like, was I just a hoe? Like I, I definitely did. I, I allowed this flirtation to sort of continue because I was like actually sort of attracted to him too. And I think it was, I I don't know what it was. Like if I thought number five was so perfect, then why did I um, allow this flirtation? 
I wonder if it, it could have just been for attention. Um, it could have just been, you know, maybe, but maybe I, I do question, maybe there was already this kind of feeling in number five and I's relationship where I was just not quite getting like sort of what I wanted out of it. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I feel like number five is like kind of always wrapped up in his world. And, um, here is this guy who just feels like he's, I don't know, kind of like interesting and different and he's like really smart. He's, he's also, yeah, he's, he's also like a little bit of a dick, um, which, you know, it's <laughs> like, is like so attractive at, at certain points in your life when I just, I feel like I've a lot of my friends and I have, we've all like had our moments, right. Of being attracted to someone who's kind of a dick. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that makes him more attractive <laughs> to me, but I don't Definitely. really know what it is. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, of course, I mean, it makes sense to me. You're, you're very, at this point in your life, you're really set on new experiences and living it up and seeing new things and not missing out, never missing out, never yeah. missing out. And so, yeah. I mean, it makes <laughs> yes. sense to me that you would entertain a flirtation, you know, outside of your relationship. And everyone is doing that anyways, no matter what relationship they're in. I've never been in a relationship where I didn't have some at least kind of flirty thing going on on the side. But yeah, I mean, in this particular context, I feel like that it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, you hit on something that like I didn't even pick up on, but yeah, the FOMO was so real. It was like, I don't want to miss <laughs> out on, you know, like whatever life is going to throw at me at, at this point in time. And if, you yeah. know, like, cute debate guy who's like really good at debate um and is also like a like cool like he has like some cool factor he's not just like a nerdy like debate dude like right. he's definitely like he's cooler than I am and also the kind of fun thing about this flirtation is I feel like he knows that he can't have me because I have a relationship uh and so right. he like tries a little harder you know which is kind of fun um yeah 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 <laughs> and <is> fun. <laughs> uh so I um you know in kind of keeping keeping with this whole pursuit of new experiences, I apply for the study abroad program the next year um, to study abroad in Spain and end up getting accepted to the program. And so I'm going to be spending the whole next semester in Spain. And, um, you know, in preparation for that, I'm like, okay, number five, um, that whole open relationship thing worked so well this summer. How about we do that again? Because, you know, I got to live my life. I can't miss out on anything. And... <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah. Number five just doesn't, he doesn't take it quite so well this time. He's, yeah, he's upset about it. You know, kind of understandably, like imagine if you move across the country for somebody and they're like, okay, well, we'll have an open relationship until you get here. And then he gets there and then I'm gone every single weekend. And then I say, I'm leaving for a whole semester. Oh yeah. I want to fuck other people. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, 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 right. But he didn't move there for you, Mariah. I remember? Right. I know, which is what I reminded him. Um, and, <laughs> you know, this really drives a wedge in between us in our, like, final month and a half together uh, before I leave. Actually, it might even be, like, two months before I leave. And, yeah, it drives a wedge between us. Like, he kind of refuses to talk to me about it. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like he's just shutting me out, but every time I try to talk to him about it, he just says nothing's wrong. So I think they call that gaslighting, wouldn't you say? I think that is something. Yeah. That's something that that's called for sure. Okay. Oh yeah. It <laughs> feels that cult leaders are known to do. Right. It feels really <laughs> confusing to me at the time. And later I will even feel like 
that was a little manipulative. But at the same time, I think it wasn't intentional. It was just him. Um, you know, I think he just didn't know how to deal with his emotions. I think he he felt these feelings and he didn't um wanna he didn't want to have them. And so I think he just kind of pretended that they didn't exist. Um, but it kind of yeah. felt like he was like punishing me. Um and so, yeah, so I don't remember if I, mean, I like not mutually exclusive could be a, could have been both things at once. Could have been both. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't remember if I like offer him um, that if I say like, OK, well, we don't have to do the open relationship. I do kind of feel like I did a little backpedaling because I was like it just I was so hurt by the fact that he was being so distant toward me. And, you know, he is the love of my fucking life. So, you know, I got to yeah, I got to make those L's are capitalized. Yeah. Maybe I've maybe I've gone one too far is basically what I say. Um, uh-huh. In this whole uh, him being distant thing. This is actually something I don't think I've ever told you. Well, maybe I have told you. Um, but I remember there's one night that I go out drinking with um, some people from the debate team. And okay. I think it actually might have just been with debate guy who Ooh. like may he like I think we were out. I was out drinking with some friends or something and I like he calls me like late at night, you know, booty call or something. And we like meet up and I think we just like we just hang out and like talk. But I remember we're outside. I think we were like in his truck or something. It wasn't like I I don't know why I didn't think much of it. It was it was like I thought we were just having a casual hang, but I also kind of probably You and debate guy. Okay. Yeah, debate guy. Debate guy. Yeah. But I also probably kind of like knew like what was going on. So like I don't really remember the scenario for it. I just remember being outside in the snow and we were like kind of like a little ways out of town. And I think, I don't know why that is. I don't know why. I think, <laughs> I, I don't know how I like didn't think much <laughs> of that. so creepy. Yeah. It's actually just a really normal thing to happen in Montana that you'd be in a truck in the snow a little ways out of town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the way you describe it sounds so foreboding. I don't really know. I honestly, I think he like gave me a ride. That must have been it. He like gave me a ride or something from a party or I was at a party and I was like, oh, well, sure, we can hang out, but like give me a ride or something. And then as he like gave me a ride, he's like, oh, well, let's go for a drive or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it, yeah, so like we're hanging out and I remember, yeah, he, I, this is, it's such a blur because you know how sometimes when you do something wrong, you sort of just block it out and pretend like it didn't happen. Indeed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I think, I think he kisses me or something, which I, I remember not being completely ignorant to like the lead up of that kiss. Cause like I was attracted to him. Like I had like a little crush on him for sure. And right. like he kisses me and then I'm like, no, like I'm in a relationship. I can't do this. And then he like drives me home and then I like feel guilty. But I think we definitely mm-hmm. like have like a brief make out. Like I don't cut it off immediately. I'm not like, what are you yeah. doing? You know, I'm more like, yeah, right. you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> okay stop (laughs) a little more stop (laughs) Uh, yeah um number five I think is gone at this point in time I think he's I think he's like home with his family or something so yeah it's it's just it's getting a little messy it's getting a little messy with number five there's there's some trouble trouble in paradise um Mm -hmm. so I go to Spain (laughs) and I have literally like the best time in my entire life. Um, I don't really know what it is. Like, I think it's my first time like living in more of like a city environment ever. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I make some like um, lifelong friendships with uh, the people who I travel with from the university. And then I also- Spain, it's fucking awesome. It's fucking Spain. Like 
Spain, Spain is like party central. And I just think that's the coolest thing ever. And, you know, we're like going <laughs> out and drinking in these like, you know, these old sandstone buildings. And we're in, we're in one of the oldest cities in Spain. And so it's just like also picturesque and beautiful. And like, oh, my God, it just blows my mind, basically. And we meet people from Amazing. all over the world and, you know, make friendships from with people from all over the world. And we just laugh so much. And to be honest, I just I don't think I've ever until this point been so happy. Oh, because I yeah. think. I think that I will be chasing that feeling for a lot of years to come, to be honest. Like I'll be chasing the feeling of Spain um, because, yeah, there's just it was just so new and exciting and foreign. I think this it, it's one of the reasons why, you know, I would move abroad many more times in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it just I loved like the challenge and uh, excitement that comes from living in um, a foreign city. So, um, yeah. And I don't really hook up with many people. Um, I have, you know, a couple like makeout sessions with some random people. There was like this Italian guy. And then, um, I have this like really horrible experience with that. I just kind of gloss over because I think in my memory, I kind of glossed over it, but I realized that it's a more significant experience than the like amount of attention I'm about to give it. But I remember Mm -hmm. there was this like really hot, like Spanish guy one time and uh yeah he like he's like oh I'll walk you home and we we're like making out and then yeah he like basically forces me to give him a blowjob which That's is so crazy up. yeah it's it's really really fucked up and I definitely feel like really ashamed for like a really long time I kind of feel like it's you know my fault and sort of all the classic things and mm. but I feel like your I fault for for what for going home with him or letting yeah, him walk you home yeah I just feel like a slut basically yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like it's like it was like my over eagerness to like hook up with him that like allowed it to kind of uh, happen in a way that like mm-hmm. I allowed myself to be taken advantage of because I was like attracted to him and I totally wanted to make out with him, but I didn't want to like do what we did, you know? Right. So, right. yeah. So it just feels like I, I don't know. I I feel like. I have not really had to do any like processing about that particular experience because in a way I just like, I basically pretend it just doesn't happen. Um, yeah. And you know, um, yeah. So anyway, so it just, it feels like a weird, as I say, like, I don't really know. I know that I'm not giving it the attention it deserves by just casually bringing it up here, but it was a little bit of a confusing time. Oh. Um, because I think that up until now I've just been so trusting of guys because I've just had so many positive experiences overall. Yeah. And um, yeah. number six is no different. I mean, I, oh, go ahead. I know what you – well, I was just going to say, I know what you mean because I think, you know, as I've talked about earlier, I had sort of a experience at around the same age that I also was into the guy and – or I guess I was a bit older than, than that. But, yeah, I was also into the person and, and all that stuff. And I think you do really compartmentalize um, – it's so easy to do and it's so easy to think to find sort of inconsistencies in your own story and think about, okay, but I kind of wanted it or I wanted um, to have this experience. And so it got out of hand and the getting out of hand part is easy to blame on yourself. And I mean, obviously you know that it wasn't your fault and that it was um, a totally sick thing to do and a sad experience, but um, I yeah. also think that it's your story and you get to 
gloss over it as much as you want or not. I don't think you're glossing over it anyways, but you know, you get to bring it up or not as much as you want to, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, there's other experiences that I will have that will like feel like more, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Memory is weird sometimes. Sometimes you really can Mm -hmm. like, and I'm not, um, I know this isn't true for everything, but sometimes you can just convince yourself of a certain thing or just like bury it, you know? And yeah, I just, um, I think with this particular thing, I mean, to be fair, I think what happened is we were making out and then I think maybe he put my hand on his dick and then like, I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe I even was like, Oh, I'll give you like a little blow job or like some, I don't know. Like it, like it escalated in this like very like smooth way. And then before I knew Mm -hmm. it, like he was like holding my head down, which is like really fucked up. Really, really fucked up. Um, it's extremely just, that is like the definition of rape, you know, but yeah. Super um, violent. Yeah. Yeah. Very violent. But maybe I'm just like, don't know enough to even like be, to like, let it bother me. I think part of it is that it's like happening at the time. Yeah. At the time. Like it's like, it's like happening at like such a like happy, positive part of my life that I'm just kind of like, okay, well, whatever. Like it's like the outlying data point kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can move on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not like the defining experience of, of what that period of my life was, you know? Yeah. And how did you relate it to your relationship? I mean, did it make you think anything about number five or the open relationship or did you talk to him about it or, or no, I didn't tell anybody about it. I, yeah, I don't think I, I mean, I think I just told my friends that we like made out and then, yeah, I don't, I don't think I Hmm. remember even like admitting that it had ended negatively. Um, Mm. but I definitely think it kind of plays in a bit. So like with number five, you know, we've been, we've had a few calls here and there. Um, I think I even like at his request, he like wants me to send him like a nude picture or something like, so, you know, there's a little, like we're staying in contact and we're still kind of together, but, uh, yeah, he like avoids talking to me a lot and, you know, he kind of, the gaslighting feels like it's sort of continuing and I'm like, oh, well you obviously have problems. And so we start like outright fighting a little bit more. And so things are just on mm-hmm. really shaky ground. Like I, I don't even, I don't really act like I have a boyfriend. I don't feel like I have a boyfriend, but then I kind of do all, still consider him my boyfriend to some extent. Um, right. and we right. haven't really talked about like what we are. Um, so yeah, I think that that, that, sh- that, uh, experience probably plays into feeling a little bit of shame about it, but I don't feel much shame for like wanting to be single and stuff. I think I just feel like dumb for like putting myself in that position. I don't think it relates no. so much to the openness, you know, uh, like, I don't think I feel yeah. guilty for the openness or feel like the openness contributed or like putting right, at okay. risk. I think yeah. that I just blame myself for being so like, you know, like for being so eager, such a little eager beaver. So whatever. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy how those, those narratives just, they just hop right into any negative experience and they just pop up like, see, this is what we said would happen. Yeah. And look, now it happened. And yep. it's so gross, you know, because obviously what really happened was that someone totally took advantage of you and in a really violent way and I mean I just want to say I'm sorry that happened and thank you yeah I mean it's it is 
yeah, it's, it's definitely when I look back on it, I'm like, wow, like I put myself in a lot of vulnerable situations, you know? So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like it's, it just feels like one of the many sexual encounters I will have. And it feels like one that I don't really have the like tools to really like deal with at this point in time, you know? So Mm -hmm. yeah. So I kind of just move on from that. And then um, about a week before I leave, I um, meet this German guy and, you know, he's just like, he's, he really fits the mold in certain ways of people that I will date in the future. You know, he's really nice and he's, um, he's really smart and he is um, a little bit nerdy, but kind of has some cool factor, which is essentially mm-hmm. like who I always date. Um, and it's your sweet yeah, spot. <laughs> yeah, it's my sweet spot. Like I like, I'm a little nerdy, like I'm totally a personality girl. Um, and yeah, so he like, he introduces me to all of his Erasmus friends and, uh, they're just all really like smart, interesting people who, you know, smoke cigarettes and have European accents. And (laughs) I just feel so cool that we're all hanging out together, wearing leather jackets. And, uh, (laughs) and then, uh, I think it was like two days before we left, like he, he meets all of my friends and, you know, we're kind of just. We're just hanging out um, because we don't have that much time together. And then uh, two nights before we, uh, I'm about to leave Spain, we end up hooking up at his house, um, having intercourse, as as uh, I've been saying, uh, putting the <laughs> P in the V. And um, it is it is like subpar. Like it is it's just I don't know. It's just like really quick, and it's just doesn't pay much attention to like my pleasure or any of those things. And so I just, I'm like, oh, well, of course it's not good. Cause it's not with number five, you know, but I still right. think like, you know, positive experience, like he's a good person. And I remember like the day I'm supposed to, the day, I think the day exact day I'm supposed to leave. Um, he meets up with me and he gives me like this little journal keepsake. Um, it has, he inscribed it and he says, it was so nice meeting you. And I just can't wait to like read your books one day. And Oh my God. Um, yeah, it's really, really cute. And um, I'm just like, well, of course, because like this fits the mold of pretty much every guy I've like ever hooked up with who they like really like me. They're really smart, you know, positive experience, you know. So it just kind of create like adds this trust that I have of men mostly. Right. Um, right, right, right. I'm like, well, we're, you know, we're we're six for one. In, in terms of the <laughs> in terms of the positive experience situation or uh, positive yeah, experience yeah. like tally. Um, so, yeah. So anyway, so then I leave and I fly back um, and I'm like, OK, I got to break up with number five because this just isn't working. Like he's just won't talk to me. And I don't know how we're supposed to have a relationship when he's acting like I have done something wrong, essentially. And I fly back and um, I see him and we have this long talk and I'm like, OK, I have to break up with you. And I don't remember like what he tells me at the time. I think he just says that, yeah, he was mad about the open relationship thing. And um, it's kind of weird because I think we feel a bit like strangers to each other because I'm sure he can kind of see this time me coming back. I feel like a different person. Like I, I've just grown as a person a little bit. You yeah. know, I've had this experience that he wasn't a part of and I feel it. He feels it. And it just kind of yeah, it it feels like a much bigger, um, period of time that we were apart than the previous summer, even though it was the exact same length of time. So interesting. Yeah. So, um, we break up and then, you know, a couple of days later he calls me and he's like, wants to talk and, um, basically like begs to get back together. And, um, yeah, he's, 
like, I, I shouldn't say beg, but because I think I wanted to be with him and he basically told me what I wanted to hear, which is that he's sorry and he loves me. I'm the love of his life and, love you know, of his life. <laughs> and like he wants, he wants to work on things. And now that we're in the same place, we can, you know, start fresh. And so that is okay. where I, I will. One final thing about number six, um, the German guy. Uh, I was in Berlin a couple of, like last year or something and I, my friends were all busy or something. So I was like, oh, who do I know in Berlin? And I was like, oh yeah, this guy, he's, he's been a nice person, you know, in my life. And so I contacted him. He, he didn't live in Berlin anymore. Um, but I, when I, I opened the Facebook messenger window, I could <laughs> see the last message that I had sent him, which was from like 2010. And it was just something like, it was like, sorry, um, number six, I uh, just wanted to let you know that, you know, it was so nice meeting you, but now I'm back together with my boyfriend. So um, we can't really like date or something like that. <laughs> like, and he was like, that's okay. I understand. Like, I wasn't expecting that anyway. It was basically what he insinuated. And, you know, you're I feel like to you're mention- obviously obsessed with me. And I just want to let you down <laughs> easy that here on the other side of the world, I'm moving on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the funny thing is he was like, he was like 25 and I turned 20 while I was in Spain. So he was like a right. bit older. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. I think he was probably like, wow, this, this, this girl is, she's young, you know, she's a youngin. Um, she's a youngin. <laughs> yeah. So, and part of me thinks that it would be, it was possible that that was number six's first time. Um, just because he just didn't seem super experienced, but maybe it wasn't. I mean, who knows? Uh, so yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Right. So yeah, that's my number six. Possible, possible virginities. That's going to be the theme of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) We can name this one. Did I take his virginity? (laughs) I mean, who knows? I honestly don't. Have you ever taken anyone's virginity besides number one? Well, remember number two, apparently. Oh, right, right. Allegedly. Right, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, allegedly. We will never know. And for maybe sure. number six as well. We'll see. I think it I think number two. I think number two is for I think he was not lying about that. Because why would you lie about that? If you're a pathological liar, you'll lie about all sorts okay. of shit. True. That's <laughs> no, true. Maybe you want to lie about like, oh yeah, you were like the hundredth girl I fucked or something. Mm. I know, I know, I know, I know, but <laughs> right. I'm saying, just yeah. like, I just, yeah, yeah. I prop, so I would say probably. I'd say it's likely. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe he was also just trying to make you feel special so he could take advantage of you. Yes, right. Yeah. Exactly. So that's, so now those are the two, those are the two possibilities that I, that I go back and forth between. Right, right. So yeah, so that's, an, that's my number six. What is yours? Funny you should ask, Mariah. Funny you should ask. It's fu- we do have some some parallels here. Um, we've got here. I'll just. I'm not going to give it away. I'll just tell you. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I mean. <laughs> tell me. Say. Tell me. I don't even know. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, you guys, we've done this so many times. But you'd think yeah. I would know exactly how to do it. So, okay. I will say, this is yours is a doozy of a story. I mean, it has highs. It has lows. It is great. It's just, yeah, every time it just gets me. Um, so, here, hopefully, for the final time, it's my number six. <laughs> hopefully. Last time y'all saw me, I was 
in my dorm room my freshman year of college and um, telling number one that I wanted to uh, get well, not exactly get back together, but in the open relationship and go back to being the happy pumpkins that we had been when we were just just with each other. <laughs> and that is that is exactly what we did. And so we were long distance throughout college and um, kept the relationship closed, except I guess briefly when I went abroad, but didn't hook up with anyone French men in France have never really given me the time of day. But there's just something about the French in France, you know? I like, yeah. I get along with French people great outside of France. But yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, nothing happened there. And so we're just kind of speeding along. And then um, we end up going on a trip together Um right before the last semester of college so we are 21 it's winter break we go to india um and it's a really awesome trip we are there with his family and they are his parents at least have really come around to liking me i really feel like i'm in the family now um they're just they introduce me not as number one's girlfriend because that would have just been really hard for people to handle us being together um but it's obvious to everyone what's happening and um despite being introduced as an american student (laughs) i i definitely get the feeling that people in the extended family are you know more than putting up with me they're all very gracious and kind to me and everyone definitely knows what's going on. And and number one's parents are um, taking me around. They take me to the masjid. They, um, you know, want me to meet their family, obviously. They're having me try foods. We're doing the kite festival on the rooftop of his cousin's house, cutting down other people's kites, like the neighbor's kites. And then That's um, fun. it was so fun. I've never seen anything yeah. like it, obviously. That um, sounds amazing. It was, I would love to do that someday. It was so cool. Um, and it was so sweet to be there with his family, you know, that they do that every year. Yeah. And so, and they were so good at cutting these kites down. Like I could not yeah. do it, obviously. They were just like, <laughs> they would let me How play with it. And then they would just be like, okay, let's get it. Let's get the kite though. <laughs> and then they would just take it back and just snap how, it. How how do you cut the kite down? Like <clears throat> with the string. Another kite? With the string oh. of your kite. Um oh, okay. yeah. You snap other people's kites off by just, I guess, being faster or better. I'm not really sure. Obviously, I never got the technique down. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, they'd let me like hold it. And then when they would want to cut someone's down, they'd be like, okay, get you, get you. And then, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. the fun of it. And then um, at night, everyone sends these lanterns up into the sky with candles in, inside them. So the whole sky fills up with these floating lights. And it's truly the Bit most. Of a fire hazard, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, I guess I. It sounds gorgeous, though. It's the. I mean, they're supposed to go up, you know, out. Um, once they get to a certain height, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's been fires (laughs) set, Um, but yeah, um, 
it's also just the most romantic thing I've ever experienced. And we talk about, was there a fire set in my pussy? Yes. I was like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. (laughs) And here we are. And it's a rooftop. And like, we couldn't touch, you know? Um, But that almost made it hotter. It was just like, oh my God, we're going to fuck when we get back to the hotel. Yeah, because we're going to fuck when we get back to the hotel because his parents caught us a room. Like, they are really, they're really all in all of a sudden. They 180'd, yeah. And this, the irony is that we're actually coming to the end of the road, number one and I, and the only people that seem to know it is us because we're not telling anyone. We're definitely putting on a show of being super in love. And we are super in love, but at the same time, we are coming to the realization that we're going totally different directions. And so we end up having a conversation our last night in India about that exact thing and it's a really sweet conversation um it's definitely the best breakup I'll ever have I think because it was just (laughs) like he was he knew exactly what he was gonna do with his life um he wanted to be an academic and he already had everything lined up for the coming year where he was gonna um continue his studies And I was the opposite. You know, all I wanted to do was adventure and learn languages and go to other countries and write. And I mean, basically what I was doing when we were in India together, because I was also working on my um, anthropology thesis. And I really felt like we had so much fun traveling and and um, being together in India it was like we were finally doing the kinds of things that I would have wanted us to do together and keep doing together. Um, so that was really bittersweet because I knew that it wasn't really his thing. I think he was having a great time, but he wasn't going to gallivant around the world like he had important scientific discoveries to make, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so, so it was just kind of – he really recognized, I think, for and helped me by doing some of the heavy lifting – of just saying, look, I mean, I want you to come with me, but you're not going to be happy being a faculty wife coming up to this stuffy Ivy League school in the snow for no particular reason um, of your own. And you really need to go do the things that you want to do. Um, so, you know, we cried and then we made love and then we cried some more and then we went <laughs> down to the street and um, bought cigarettes, like loose cigarettes from the um, guy at the kiosk, you know, and uh, lit them like, you know, there's like a lighter hanging on the string there. We lit our cigarettes and we walked around the city and we were really sad but we were very much in sync and very much on the same page and he said at one point you know seven years is kind of a cycle of something and maybe this is just the time that we were meant to be together and oh so he also believes in astrology <laughs> even though he's a scientist <laughs> <laughs> well, but maybe he was thinking about it like the scientific cycle, you know, like every seven years, yeah. your cells regenerate. Your, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was definitely something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
And it wasn't like the, oh, my Saturn returns, or what, I guess it wasn't your Saturn return. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, to be fair, like, he did have this sort of mystical side. I think he's, I'm not sure if he still has it. I mean, when we met, he was very religious, you know? And that kind oh, of, right. okay. that slipped away slowly. So I don't know if, I don't really know what he meant by that, but I think we were just trying to find a reason why we would end something that was so good. <laughs> Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I get it. And we just had to end it because we were 21 and we'd been together for almost seven years and the relationship was older and more mature than we were. We hadn't really had much of a chance to be kids and we still had so much to figure out. And it was like if we continued on that path and started something new – moved in together, you know, it was going to be so serious. It was going to be such a serious relationship, you know? Yeah. More like a marriage um, than anything else. And I don't think that's what we wanted at the end of the day. So um, we decided to break up, but that's just phase one of the breakup because we also want to keep seeing each other during our last semester of college. And we don't really see any reason why we should not do that I think not realizing how painful it's going to be being together for another five months or so knowing that it's over but it not being quite over and we also decide to open up the relationship again um because that's never been a problem for us in the past but um we are kind of taking our first step out I guess into the new world it's kind of like we want to have that last semester of college and be kind of crazy. So we're all we're all on the yeah. same page about that and want to just go forth, I guess, with this plan in mind. Um, but it just ends up being super painful. And we're when we get back to college, we kind of start fighting more and we just don't have the patience with each other and with our differences, I think, that we used to have. And we kind of are have become caricatures almost of ourselves. You know how that'll happen in a relationship? It was like all of a sudden you kind of go to these extremes where I was the artsy kind of spontaneous crazy one, which is not even true. Like I love an Excel spreadsheet. I mean, probably no one knows that yeah. as much as you do because – <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was actually surprised to find out about your love of spreadsheets. Oh, dear. I mean, not that you don't like fit that mold, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I I I think that you're not like you're not just 100% man- manic pixie dream girl. I mean, you like right. clean your house every week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know? Totally. Yeah. But at this point in in my life and all and in our relationship, I was becoming that person like I was becoming a two-dimensional character in our relationship I only didn't have depth anymore and I just that happens it does you know with like two opposite people I mean it happened in a lot of my relationships too where it's like I would be you know like I would become like yeah like not exactly what you said like the one-dimensional version yeah yeah it was weird and just because I was what he wasn't and vice versa and you kind of start defining each other by the other person. So if he was going to, yeah. you know, and he had already taken over um, logical scientist yeah. 
Yeah. So you know, he had the Excel spreadsheets. So it was kind of exactly. Yeah. He outspreadsheeted. Yeah. Well. Totally. <laughs> he beat me to the punch. <laughs> and so it's just not going very well. And then so we're we're kind of fighting a lot. And then at the same time, contradictorily, we're which I don't think is a word. Contradictorily. Contradictorily. I would think is that, maybe. Is that a word? Yeah. It's like clitorally, but just with contradictorily. <laughs> <laughs> it's like orally, but yeah, contradict. I don't know. Okay, anyways, but yeah, whatever the adverb of contradiction is, um, we we were also having these moments, deep moments of doubt about our decision to break up. And he called me and was like, "I really just think you should come with me, and we'll figure it out." And I don't want to. I don't want to be without you. And I was like, "No, I can't do that." And then, you know, a week later, I call him and be like, "I just want to just take me with you. I don't care. I don't need to travel. I just need to be with you." And he'd be like, "No, you can't. You know, I don't think you should come." Yeah. And I would be like, "What do you mean? You just told me to." You know, so God. I mean, it was just. It was a lot of yeah. highs, a lot of lows. No, just all, all lows pretty much, actually. Yeah, it was dramatic is what I'm trying to say. And then – How could it not be? Yeah. Yeah, how could it not be? It's both of our first breakup. We don't know how to act, and it's such a breakup. And we yeah. spend the last um, – time we spent together as a couple is over his birthday and I go up to his college um and it's right before we're about to graduate and it's just so sad oh my god it's his birthday party I got super drunk and just can't really be around him can't really be around his friends I have yeah. I'm in a really dark place and I can't really sleep with him I can't really have sex with him because I just keep thinking how about how it's the last time and I have no idea how to fuck someone for the last time and he yeah he's also having a hard time and not really knowing what to do about it we we just don't really ever have a moment where we're like you know there's no fight there's nothing it's just, yeah. he just calls a cab for me at the end of the weekend and we say goodbye. And it's just like the saddest thing. That is sad. One thing that's really sad about this um, that I feel like hasn't really jumped out to me until now, but you guys are long distance for four years. Yeah. And then like for what? now that you have the chance to actually be together, like you are like, oh, well, we don't want to be, we don't want to do the same thing. So that's kind of crazy. It actually is so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And his little brother called me out on this, actually, a few <laughs> years later. Um, and it was kind of hard. I mean, it was hard to explain to his brother why we did that. Um, I mean, he the context was we were hanging out because we we stayed in touch and we were pretty close I had known his brother obviously since he was 12 or something and um we would whatever when we were in the same town we would meet up and so we were just having a beer and he was and he just he brought up exactly that he, like well what was that how is that possible yeah. that when you finally had the opportunity to be together you didn't do it and the answer is just yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, and I guess what I said to his brother was, I mean, I didn't want to go too into it. And I also said that I was kind of like, I think that you need to hear this from your brother if you really have questions about it, because he yeah. it was in the context of his own relationship. And should he do long distance with this girlfriend? And, and I you were like, no, yeah, don't do it. I did. I was basically like, look, I don't regret anything that happened between us. This was the relationship that showed me what it really meant to be loved and be respected. And I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world but it didn't necessarily make sense yeah we weren't really thinking long term I think we were thinking what we wanted in the moment and every moment came and passed and we were like are we still in love do we still really want to be together and it was the answer was always yeah so yeah and then when the rubber met, hit yeah. the road and we had to really change our whole one of us <clears throat> me had to make huge sacrifices to be with the other one that's when it didn't make sense anymore which is how so many relationships go I mean you know a lot of times it's it's something outside your control especially as millennials where we're you know we're moving around all the time and we mm -hmm. have you know such different opportunities that arise and I feel like I've had so many potential things with people um who yeah we've really like gotten along we've had a, a lot in common but we're just kind of going in different directions. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's that's sort of just the reality of of it. And you can't like, it's not love isn't like a logical thing that you can plan out and be like, well, we already put in seven years and we did long distance for four years. So yeah. So we just have to keep doing this. Right. Exactly. I mean, there was definitely a part of me that thought that and that voice was in the room. And I think it was definitely his family's position. They're like, we just introduced you to all of our family in India right. in the new piece. Yeah. I mean, I don't – I mean, they weren't mean about it at all. They were very supportive um, and continued to be really sweet to me. But they – I mean, I think a lot of people were really confused. My mom – congratulated me <laughs> not not because my mom loved number one who wouldn't he's the ideal um boyfriend yeah. for your daughter but I love number one except for I mean well we're getting there but right <laughs> getting there slowly I really need to <laughs> scooch along here sorry I'm just going off on this tangent no, because it's such a weird question but she my mom just was like well good for you for knowing when the thing is done when a thing is done and yeah. then letting it go, you know, because that's hard to do. And what a good life lesson to like encourage your kid to learn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think like knowing when to let things go and yeah, knowing when things are over, that's a, a skill. It you is. Know? So good for your mom. It is. It's a skill that I see people learning around me all the time still. And I think that this, this really did teach me a lot about staying with someone for a really long time with uncertain features and diverging paths. It's like, yeah. again, you know, no regrets, but I haven't done it again, you know, and I've had opportunity yeah. to, but it's just, and I counsel people to not probably do it as well, I guess, in the case of I his mean, little brother anyways. Right. I mean, nothing is guaranteed in any relationship. I mean, you know, you could date, like I could date somebody now I could marry somebody now and then one day we could wake up and be like our paths are diverging it's true you no know, we're like we want different things so like nothing's ever guaranteed like you know you guys weren't doing I guess 
I guess the the common belief is that you guys were doing the long distance, like with the goal of one day we'll be together. But really, you were just doing the long distance because you wanted to be together in the moment, as you said. In the moment, you know, which is, yeah, it's commendable. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It was an interesting choice for sure, and yeah, I guess it is different than kind of your standard standard operating long distance relationship. I don't think we thought about it that much, probably because we were so little. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so we, yeah, so we go our separate ways, but I'm still, we're still in touch and I'm really missing him. I end up going to Mexico after graduating. Um, cause that's where my dad's at the, is living at the time. And so I am writing him a lot and I wrote him this one email that's just so, um, awful. <laughs> I think it involves, if I recall, I think I tell him that I'm falling asleep every night pretending that he's in bed with me or that he's in the same bed <laughs> or holding me or something. Oh my gosh. So bad. I'm, and I sign it. I, I love you. And he, he's like, he writes me back. He's like, we need to talk. And so I call him, um, long distance. And he's like, look, um, I can't be telling you I love you anymore because I'm saying that to someone else now. And, like whiplash like excuse me we were together yesterday what the fuck are you talking about and he's just like yeah listen I didn't ever want to tell you I didn't want to hurt you but basically it all comes out in the wash that while we were in that open relationship the last semester of college he had started sleeping with this girl who was in his friend group whom I knew and they had quote unquote fallen in love. And so oh my God, that's why he was so fine. <laughs> well, I was just wrecked, you know? Um, yeah. And talk about a rebound. Even his parents told him that he was out of line. They were like, you can't date someone right now. You just broke up with Olivia after seven years. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, and, and much less to like say you can date somebody, but like say you're in love with somebody. I mean, yeah. I feel like, you know, it's it's pretty clear to an outside observer that he just didn't really know how to like cope with his feelings. And so he was just like transferring them onto somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, that's, that's what my armchair psychology would, would tell me to say. It, it, yeah, I mean, the, it's a classic case. I think when I, I if a part of me probably even knew that at the time, but in, in the feeling of it was just so, like, someone had just stabbed me in the heart and in the back at the same time. It was like, what yeah. the fuck? I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And then I started thinking back on all these interactions that I had had with this girl throughout the that semester and including one where she brought her mom over to his house to meet him. And, you know, that might have been a clue <laughs> that yeah. something was going on. But I didn't yeah. see it because I just – I never thought he would he would do something to me like that. Now, of course, we were in an open relationship 
And I think his feelings got away from him and he'd never, I don't think, I don't know this for sure, but I don't think he had ever slept with anyone else while we were, you know, unlike me, um, while we were in these open periods of our relationship. And so I have a feeling it was just kind of like what happened with me with number two, like, wow, you know, this is crazy. This is amazing. Um, and kind of getting confused about what it was and thinking right. I must be in love with her. Wow, oh my gosh, now I'm in love with two people. Well, I'm not going to sell Olivia because we're going to break up anyways and I'm not going to hurt her. Yeah, but what was, what must this bitch have been thinking? Like, right? I mean, she knows enough not to, like, say anything to you because um, this happened at his birthday party, right? Like, the party – the last time you saw him the th- is when she brought her mom. Yeah, exactly. So she knew enough to, like, be subtle about that in front of you, which is very fucked. Yeah. I think that's very fucked on her part. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you have an open relationship, but, like, no. Yeah, she knew that it wasn't – we weren't being honest about – I mean, no one was being honest with me about that. I mean, and that that ended up just feeling terrible in general that everyone knew about this, and I – didn't because these people were my friends. I had spent four years. Number one had a very tight group of friends all of college and they were friends from the very beginning, including this girl. And so I just, I knew them so well, or I felt, you know, at that time, um, we had spent a lot of time together. So the fact that they all knew this, that they were, you know, kind of like all in on it, oh God, that. That's really fucked. Is. That is super fucked. Did you ever like, clear the air with any of them about it like no no because I never I didn't stay in touch with any of them um maybe I would have if this hadn't happened but I kind of don't think so because we just went to different parts of the world and stuff like that more than anything um I don't think it was that they didn't like me or that they wanted to pull one over on me I think that they were all caught in this weird situation and didn't know what to do. I mean, it was so awkward when her mom came over, everyone was just like kind of sitting there with their mouths half open. And I thought it was because everyone was just super stoned. And so I, of course, (laughs) like, you know, I don't know, my Southern background or something. I hop up and I'm like, can I get you a glass of water? It's like, there's an adult here. We have to be polite to her. It's like, as he's, as she's meeting her her yeah, daughter's that's boyfriend. So fucked up. Oh god, it's so fucking that's weird. So fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh that's enraging, honestly. And this is why like I say, you know, number one is great, but like number one, you done fucked up in this situation. I'm sorry, my friend. Yeah. I mean this was a little a little poorly handled on your part. Poorly handled. But you did a lot of other things well. I'm sure you were young, like I poorly handle a lot of things. Don't worry, number one. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. We forgive you. You gotta own up to it. <laughs> Mariah forgives you, but she does want you to admit. <laughs> I do want you to know that was fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Also, your accomplice, the other woman. Yeah. Like, come on. Oh, God, I mean, this bitch. just like respect the last meeting. Like, dude, I know. It's like you it's get ridiculous. to have him. Oh, and you know what else they did? They got, she got my cross country road trip that every summer we would beg number one's parents, let us drive across the country uh, to back to school together. And every year they would say no. And then she drove back with him. Uh, 
across the country with all of his stuff and he introduced her to all of our mutual friends at home as his new girlfriend so then everyone at home thought that he had left me for her so then I had yeah, to go which clean isn't up what happened, that, but in yeah. a way, yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel bad for her in a way too, though, because she just got your dirty leftovers. <laughs> Not dirty, but she got your sloppy seconds in a way. I mean, he's all heartbroken broken over you, and he's probably like in his sleep, like, Olivia, Olivia. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> well, it was, it was really funny because I got back and then everyone was like, we hate her. And I was like, yeah, she sucks, but I mean. And they were like, no, I mean, I just can't believe, like, for her, like, I, he would leave you. I was like, excuse me? What? No. Let, are you, okay, no. Let's get, it was like I had to have, like, a group meeting and be like, listen, everyone. No, I didn't. Or you but. were, like, told them to stop being, like, complaining about her? No, or? I was like, sorry, maybe, maybe that made no sense what I just said. I guess it's just that I had to make sure that everyone knew that, he, we had broken up or decided to break up before he started dating her, you know, that he didn't oh, leave me right. for her because yeah, that's what okay. he, he let people believe that. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, they assumed and he let them assume or something. I don't fucking know. Yeah. It was, yeah, it, it, yeah, it was just one more layer to this like stupid fucking thing. And I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself because at first I, when I first hear the news, I just, fall into this really um dark place and I don't get out of bed and my dad's like are you okay <laughs> he's just, do you want to talk about it and I can't talk about it I can barely speak I don't see anyone um I see one friend and she's like you know lets me tell her the whole fucking saga and she's older and wiser than me and she's like you know, no one will ever hurt you like this again. Yeah. And um, it's true. And it is true. Um, but then I go back home to my mom's basement, back home to Missoula. And I start working at this dude ranch for minimum wage um, because my life can't really get any worse <laughs> and I'm just yeah. I just feel bad about everything because I'm supposed to be off having these crazy adventures and doing awesome things and writing my novel but I'm actually broke and have student loans coming due and have no prospects and I'm thinking probably should have just stayed with number one probably should have just <laughs> gone to that ivy league you know what was i what was i thought i was too good for that like are you kidding me i'd be living in yeah. graduate student housing with my feet up like i right. really regretted everything and i instead was just on my own in a way that i had never been also because he was such my mood stabilizer all those years you know anything that ever happened to me that i was remotely upset about i'd just be on the phone with him and he would talk me down and then all of a sudden he was the one person i couldn't call you know and that that was so heartbreaking mm -hmm. yeah and so meanwhile i'm at this ranch and there's this guy who works there he's a butler because that's the type of place it is and <laughs> but a, but a western butler like a, a western a, butler yeah like a ranch butler why would they call him that i don't know but yeah he yeah, he would weird. be out at, at 
camp with these um, super wealthy people, like managing their glamping experience, basically. Um, and waiting on them hand and foot. And so in that way, I guess he was a butler, butler in cowboy yeah. pants. <laughs> so yes, exactly. He was definitely not my type that I not like someone I had really gone for before. He was kind of um stocky, buff, athletic, blonde farm boy. Very Montana, very very well raised, like very polite. And um, you know, he wanted to Did he wear Wranglers? Um no, he wasn't so well, he might have actually now that I think about it. I don't remember that vibe so much as like just kind of grass-fed beef, you know? Definitely whole milk in a cereal, just extreme wholesomeness. Extreme wholesomeness, so earnest. Okay. And he yes. really wanted to take yes. me out, you know, which again, okay. I'd been at college on the East Coast in you know, hookup culture where people it just getting asked out on a date was weird to me, but I was yeah. I was like fine because I just needed to get some dick between me and number one. It was like anything will do. Um and he was yes. cute. He was nice. So he took me out for drinks downtown Missoula. We're talking and it's very clear that we have nothing in common. Right. Uh, I tell him I'm a vegetarian and he's like, So you eat like no meat. That is correct. He's like, not even chicken? <laughs> nope. He's like, damn, okay. And then he starts talking about the war in Iraq, and I'm like, maybe we should not talk. Because yeah. the more you talk about your support for the troops, the harder it's going to be for me yeah. to fuck you. And that's why I'm here. Yeah. So maybe we should just get out of here. Yeah. So we pay, we go home, and we're at his place and making out and then I think I go to unbutton his pants or something and he's like actually I kind of already came <laughs> like what when did that what like he was very cool about it when yeah. it happened I don't know what he right. how he thought I wasn't gonna find out or something I don't know yeah. I don't know. Oh, God. Aww. I was like. Poor guy came in his pants and just suffered silently. And just suffered silently. <laughs> I know. And came silently in his pants. Yeah. Um, again, so this is the theme. Like, possibly took his virginity. Like, he didn't seem like he was very experienced, to say the least. Yeah. Um, yeah and I think we've been through different phases of this conversation because I think at the time um, you were probably like, oh my God, he came early and it was just like this like punchline, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I think now, and I think as we look back on the story now, like uh, through the retelling of yeah. it, we've started to realize that that's fucked up that we would like judge him for coming early, you know? Right. So. Totally. Yeah. You guys should have heard the first, yeah. <laughs> first yeah. recording. We're so yeah. mean. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it's fine. And also, it is, it is fine. I, like, as I was saying to you last time, like, I can, I come from dry humping and I think it's a superpower. Yeah. I mean, yeah, agree. I come as many times as I want, I guess. So that's kind of different, but. Yeah. I mean, also, like, you know, that ability that he has to, like, come early and, you know, be um, 
I don't know, so sexually virulent, we'll say, yeah. is going to serve him well as he gets to be in his, like, early 30s and, like, totally. late 30s and 40s. Because, you know, some guys, like, can't even get hard, you know? So I feel like right. the people who are coming early are probably, like, right in the sweet spot in their, like, late 20s. Totally. Yeah. I mean, he was young, very possibly a virgin, and he was just really excited to have me over. Yeah. Yeah, you were this like exotic, you know, like girl who'd study on the East Coast and you're so educated and oh my god. It's like a rom com waiting to happen, basically. Yeah, for him, not for me. But yeah, so I'm like I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. Um I really just wanna leave. Um, but you know, Uber isn't a thing and I'm also worried about hurting his feelings. Or something, which I should have just been like, I'm going to get a cab, okay? Like, this has been nice. But, of course, I just stay over because he doesn't offer to take me home. And, uh, you know, little be it, like, for me to take the initiative. And uh, Does he, like, immediately fall asleep? He, like, does that whole, oh, yeah, roll over and, like, just pass out. And you're just, like, laying, like, rigidly and awkwardly in this, like, stranger's bed just, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like so uncomfortable just waiting for dawn yeah yeah, yeah. no exactly. he i hate that i feeling. mean we have sex again before we go to sleep okay i mean not again okay. for the first time for the first yeah. time okay. yeah yeah um and uh, yeah that refractory period passes pretty quickly if my memory serves yeah. um because as you say right. he's virulent <laughs> yes <exactly. laughs> and he's ready he's, to go he's ready to go yeah yeah so yeah he lasts a little longer <laughs> Yeah, not 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 much, but it's you know we count it. Um, so, so yeah. yeah, then then yeah, I do just lie there, kind of waiting for for morning to come. At some point, I get up and get a glass of water and get back into bed. And when I set it down on the table next to the bed, I notice that there's this big ass book, and I kind of think to myself, snob that I am, that I was, that I still kind of am. I'm like. Number six reads? It's weird. And I'm like, it's probably Aww. Harry Potter, you know, and kind of fall asleep because <laughs> it was that size book, you know? And, yeah. and then when I wake up um, in the bright light of day, I'm just staring down the gold embossed letters of the Holy Bible. <laughs> like, <sighs> oh my gosh. What? I. That feels very extreme to me to have that in your bedroom, I have to say. Yeah, was bedside. He like, was he living at home? Was he living at his no, parents' house? No, this is his grown-ass apartment this where he lives alone. House? Oh, okay. Yeah, see, that's that We've, That yeah. signals a certain, a certain, like, I don't want to say extremism, but I mean, come on, like, who does that? I mean, there's a lot of people who are, like, religious. Yeah, I I mean, there are a lot of people who are Christian and stuff, but, I mean, you have to really be Christian to have a Bible in your house when you're 22 years old. Yeah, have a Bible bedside in the bed where you're bringing your one-night stands home. I mean, yeah. And yet he's having premarital sex. Well, I mean— we're all so walking contradictions, that. but I mean, he, yeah, no, I mean, but to your point, he's, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh no, he's Christian. That's what that meant to me. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah. I was ready to go, ready to, ready to, yeah. ready to get in the car and go. So 
he drives me <laughs> home and and oh my god then there's this whole comedy of errors where he fucking pulls into the driveway right when i realized too late that my parents are in the fucking driveway like unloading shit from their minivan and i'm like <laughs> hi he leans over tries to kiss me i jump out of the car and they're just like oh my god our our daughter has one night stands our daughter is engaged in casual sex they have no idea they've never thought of me this way they they probably think that number one and i cuddle no i'm just kidding they definitely know but it's like they were so awkward they're just like hi are you you're okay so you're okay and i'm like i'm yeah i'm Goodbye. And oh god, it's I mean, there's something way different between thinking like your daughter is like in a committed relationship, you know, probably having sexual relations versus thinking your daughter is just like staying the night at some stranger's yeah. house. Yeah. And yeah, humping her coworkers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And so, <laughs> oh god. Yeah. And then he, you know, he wanted to hang out again and he's like offered to have me over, make me dinner, um, which he says he won't even put any meat on the dinner and that he's going to make croutons from scratch. <laughs> it's like I make a mean salad. Oh, oh my right. God. I That is, that to me, it's just, it feels, that really resonates with who I think this and person is or who, like, who this person is to me. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he probably has his Hidden Valley Ranch that he just uh, yeah. keeps at the ready. Yeah. Maybe homemade ranch. Yeah, you, you never know. know. He else, might but... strain that buttermilk. We don't know. <laughs> but he's, he, yeah. he's definitely had homemade ranch dressing. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. As have I, as has anyone who's from where we're yes, from. Exactly. And it's fucking delicious. But it is. we are not going to hang out again. because, And I feel bad about rejecting him but thankfully i have a friend who sits me down and is like olivia when you fail the interview you don't get the job okay you do not have to fuck him again if you didn't have fun the first time so yeah thank god for for male friends sometimes (laughs) i think when you're when you're a a straight woman it can really can really help i honestly wish i wish someone had been there to tell me that a few different right to be honest yeah yeah i mean it 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 was helpful it was kind of revolutionary honestly which seems crazy now i mean i think what hasn't changed so much about me is that it's still really hard for me to reject people and hurt their feelings even though i know that i'm actually doing more damage by not being clear and just telling them straight up i'm not interested um it's very millennial of you, though. I mean, I feel exactly the same. Like, I, I know that it's wrong, but I still do it. I mean, I've done it as recently as, like, a year ago. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Just, it's really taken me a long time to be like, okay, well, that is what I really would prefer that people did with me, so I really should try and do the same thing. But I definitely yeah. do not do it with porn number six. I was just kind of like, why doesn't he get the hint? I'm not. I don't want his croutons, you know. <laughs> poor guy. Aww. He just keeps coming by six. the front desk at the resort and being like, hey. <laughs> I bet mm. I would I would hazard a hazard a guess that number six is probably married with kids. Yeah, right he's now. fine. He's absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know? Have you like kept in contact? I mean not in contact, but like are you like Facebook friends or anything? No idea. I very well might be. I don't think I've logged into Facebook for like three years, but Okay. Yeah, he's probably on there. Yeah, I don't. I'm. Nice. I was never worried about this guy. You know, he he 
he seemed like a solid, solid dude for yeah. another girl. <laughs> another girl. Yeah. Another lucky Montana girl. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that is my number six. Okay, awesome. So, I guess I guess that really begs the question, What what's your number? What's my number? Well, it's not six. I guess you're just going to have to keep listening to find out. Awesome. Well, I'm sure I will. You know? I'm a captive audience. I'm really invested at this point. Who knows? It makes me kind of nervous when you say you've got no purpose. Thanks for listening to What's Your Number? This episode was produced by Moshe and O.H. Greenwood. Our theme music is by No Fancy. Learn more about the podcast at our website, whatsyournumberpod.com. Follow us on Instagram at whatsyournumberpod and on Twitter at therewasthisguy. If you enjoyed what you heard today, leave us a review wherever podcasts are found and subscribe to hear about more sexcapades. 